Welcome back to He's Abroad. I'm John, here in New Zealand. Cold and rainy New Zealand, lockdown New Zealand. And I'm here with Jay, who's abroad in New York City. How's it going over there, Jay? It's hot. It's hot as fuck. It's uh, very humid. <laughs> it's like well, 90 I thought, degrees. I thought, I thought you had a hurricane. What happened to the hurricane? Did the hurricane just bring heat? Brought rain? That was like six days ago. Now uh, now it's gone. Also, it just kind of skimmed us. It hit New England more than it hit us. So it wasn't too bad, but now it's hot. And then it's going to rain tomorrow, and it'll probably be hot again. Actually, I think next week's supposed to be nice. But also, yeah. your definition of cold over there, it's, it's not that cold. Isn't it more like San Francisco cold? Yes. Yeah, all right. I don't want to. <laughs> it's like perfect weather. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, like ho- not enough sun cold. for my. It's not, not enough sun. You can wear a hoodie year round here. You're I think around. the sun. I think the sun is overrated. Mm-hmm. I think. I think you're speaking from a from a place of privilege, from a place of melanin melanated privilege. Exactly. <laughs> is where I'm speaking from. That's exactly right. All right, my pale ass getting out yeah. there sizzling. Okay, it yeah, hurts I'm me. It burns. S- I'm sorry that. Uh, I'm sorry that you don't have enough uh, pigment in your skin to protect you from the sun. Now, when I was down in Jersey, I did go to the beach one day, and I. And I saw a friend of mine, and she told me that I looked tan. I'm like, all right, that was literally one day on the beach. I mean, it doesn't take much, right? It's like literally, not. if you, if you like, put a piece of toast in the oven or in, in the toaster for like mm-hmm. the lowest setting, like the sure. number one setting, mm-hmm. even that comes back just a little bit darker, even though it's not toasted. You could say that's just literally blowing hot air on bread <laughs> is what level one is, right? <laughs> It is. It's just if you just breathed um, on a piece of toast, it would crust that way, the same way that level one does. Just not as fast. It would take. A yeah, while. I suppose so. I suppose so. But I suppose like I'm so far on the on the pale spectrum. I'm not that. It, let's be real. I'm not that pale. But I'm pale enough to the point where any little bit of exposure is going to is going to change tones a bit. I don't know. I haven't seen you in a while, but you're pretty pale. Yeah, but you know, there's albinos. <laughs> <laughs> not that pale. No, you're not. You're not. And albinos won't won't brown either. It's a it's a different condition. Your condition is just whiteness. It's just indoorsness. Yes, it's it's uh it's resistance to the outdoors. It's not yes. resistance. I'm not. I'm surprised to you it. don't get tanned from the computer screen. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It just yeah. isn't. How's uh, how's lockdown treating you? So lockdown is treating me fine. We are on day. Ooh, I forgot the day. Day 10 of lockdown? Maybe day 11 How are you of lockdown? You're, you're a homeowner, so you can uh, so you can do whatever you want. You could carve yes. tallies into a wall. Have you been doing I can. that? So I'm counting by my head of last Wednesday, right? So mm-hmm. Wednesday, the, the night, the 18th was when we started, and level four lockdown. So level four lockdown in New Zealand means you can't do anything. There's no, you can't get takeaway from a restaurant or takeout from a restaurant. You can't go to a drive through line at McDonald's. You can't do anything but go to the grocery store. That's it. Or to the doctor if you need to. Obviously. But they'll deliver, right? You can get delivery? The grocery store will deliver. But obviously, when it's a system that people don't use because people are used to just going to the grocery store, the delivery system becomes so backed up. And you'll be surprised. People who who buy food like like they have never bought food before. It's amazing when you tell mm-hmm. people, hey, you can only go to the grocery store. It either tells me one of two things. Either one, people people's eating habits are just they go to the grocery store every day because they could be, right? A lot of people might just every day after work, you just go to the grocery store and you buy what you need. So people mm-hmm. are stocking up to levels that are alarming, right? So like four or $500 worth of food 
worth. And it's like, you can still go to the grocery store. Why are you buying so much meat? <laughs> it's like, you're not going to starve. Like, just go to the grocery store next week. And the other thing is, how many people probably don't cook at all? That number is probably much higher than we assume, right? That people who just go, you know, maybe I get some cereal for breakfast. I make some some sandwiches for lunch from the kids. But for dinner, we always eat out, whether it's a fast food restaurant or we go get, you know, pick up some some Chinese food or some Indian food or some Thai food. I feel like that number is really high and it always gets exposed during these lockdowns when those places Mill- are Millennials and Gen Zers. I said yeah. it. I said it. I don't know. I think there's some baby boomers who just got used to just taking their kids to McDonald's as well. I think I think it's they're easy. It, too. It's easy. it is easy. Just get a Big yeah. Mac and some fries and you're done. So, yeah. So you can still order groceries, but for the most part, you can only go get grocery shopping. You can only one person out of your in your bubble, right? So one person who's who you're currently staying with is supposed to be the one who goes grocery shopping. All these rules, right? You're not you're not supposed to be traveling at all unless it's essential or if you're an essential worker, right? So if you're a nurse or a doctor um, or a grocery store worker. So we're, we've been in that level where you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's going to lift for Wellington, for every place that's south of Auckland, come Tuesday. So the 31st at 11.59 p.m., we go from level three to level – or level four to level three. Level three just opens up restaurants, which means you can get takeaways from restaurants. So all the same rules apply, but now McDonald's is open. So that's the only difference. So we're going to be in these states of lockdown. Auckland is screwed. Auckland just had another 82 cases today. Auckland yeah, is going to be the in cases this. now. You're at 70 yesterday. I mean, the good news is no deaths yet, but that's the lag no deaths indicator. Yet. New Zealand only has 21 deaths of this entire pandemic. It's wild. Which is great. Which 26, crazy, according right? to Google. 26. So, so yeah, maybe maybe I miscounted the last time I was counting deaths, but it's and under 30. Error. It's pretty good. <laughs> under 30. So pretty good. Um, yeah. But Auckland and North is going to be at this level for a while. The rest of us go to level three. Massively trying to vaccinate people. I've got my vaccine booked in. I get my first dose of this uh, 5G DNA altering substance that will make Microchips. me fertile. <laughs> and, and, Monday, mag- the and magnetic and, and magnetic, magnetic right? don't forget magnetic. magneto it's great uh-huh yeah, it's i look great. forward to my powers it's great. on you monday the six you don't have to walk across the kitchen for a fork you can just pull it over i can just think about it it's just gonna come to me yep and me and alice can just play magnets between each other <laughs> she can, can i can throw over a fork and she can catch it in, in magnetized state so that's september you're 6. like a walking you're like a walking fast and furious movie yes so september 6 so i get my first dose and the interesting thing is, New Zealand is doing something weird with the time frame between vaccines. My second vaccine dose, you want to guess when it is? It's like three months later. <laughs> I mean, it's close. It's end of October. Yeah, they did that in um, in Canada as well. You have pretty good um, immune response from the first dose. So it's more important. Um, I, I guess there's an argument to be made that it's more important for more people to get the first dose faster than prioritizing second doses at that point. So to spread exactly it out more, then you yeah. give it to more people. So it makes sense. Yeah. I understand. So they want everyone to get basically their first shot. So that way when the, I mean, in New Zealand is switching its tune, right? Like the government is switching its tune from saying, look guys, we, we realize these lockdowns suck and we can't keep doing them, but there's not enough people vaccinated yet. So we're headed real close to being like, look guys, everyone's had a shot to get a vaccine. We can't keep closing the country. We're going to open everything up. 
I may may God bless you and your family as we let in the floodgates of. Oh, really? I could come over. Oh, yeah. Can I come? We're going to. When? I I think we're going to get there. I give it till March of 2022. That's my guess. Because I think they just want to give enough people time. Should I book a flight for my birthday? You can. April? Should I give it a go? I wouldn't. I wouldn't roll that dice, but that's where we're headed because I think think, 75. uh, I think Jacinda's going to renege. They said 75% of the population over the age of 30 is either booked for the vaccine or has gotten their first shot. That's good. So we're tracking extremely well for us to be over 75% um, vaccinated in the next couple of months by Christmas time, I would assume. Meanwhile, you have, I mean, those numbers are pretty cute because we have a number, we have, um, you know, vaccines are everywhere. Mm -hmm. We have 61.8% of the population with at least one dose, 52.5% fully vaccinated. And uh, yesterday we had 187,868 cases. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm surprised America's still counting cases, to be honest. Now, <laughs> that's that's a fun number because if you actually look, if I look at the last, let's look at the last 30 days, um, we actually hit a higher number than that. It was on, let's see. Yeah. So on the 23rd, we had 266,000 cases. So the South is having a pretty rough go at it at this point. To their own fault, though. Oh, yeah. It's like I, I at this point, the analogy is a bunch of people. It's basically people swimming in the ocean surrounded by uh, surrounded by rafts and they just refuse yep. to get on the raft. It's exactly. Yep. That's all it is. And like, I, I could swim, swim just fine. Yeah. 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 It's like, they okay. start getting tired. But they're they sharks. Tired and they're yeah. Shark, and the shark but, bites whatever. them and they go, man, if I just would have got on that raft. It's just they're sticking this tube down my throat. So yeah, it's just just get vaccinated. It's, it's like madness. the thing is, even if this does change our DNA together, do you really want to be alone <laughs> when that happens? It won't matter if this really screws us up. Seventy five percent of the population is going to be gone. Do you really want to be around when there's just twenty five percent of us? I feel like that's the end of everything. No, so it won't. It doesn't. Anyways. It's not like it. It doesn't kill that many people. The, the death no, rate we don't is know less than it's less than one percent. You wait until they turn on the global magnet. Oh, you're Wait. saying if you get the vaccination. I see. What yeah, you're exactly. If you get the vaccination, if let's say mm-hmm. 70% of the world is vaccinated in by the end of 2022, and there is some major conspiracy with this thing, do you really still want to be around when those 75% of those people go? I don't want to be part of rebuilding that. Yeah, the, the, go the, uh, the epidemic is going to, the, uh, the obesity epidemic is going to be worse. So these yeah, people like are it just makes you some fatter, reason. right? Because they're, um, they're pumping fats and salts and sugar into your body with this vaccine, right? Isn't that how it's made up? The, the mRNA is like surrounded no, no, by no. fat I'm saying the people, sugar. I'm saying the people who don't take it. They're oh, like gotcha. typically wildly unhealthy as well. It's my body. I'll do what I want. My body, yeah. my choice. That's what they say. Sure. They, you see what they do there? They turn that yeah. around. They, they, they're taking it back. It's like, huh, funny. It's funny that you say that. Also, I, I can't deal. I... I I'm done with Facebook. Like I'm done with these people. Everyone's like every, Alice. Alice Facebook. She's off of Facebook. So you're because, not alone. A lot of people are done with Facebook. It's over. But at the same time, it's like it's horrifying. The amount of people who are anti-vaxxers that are likening this to the Holocaust is <laughs> horrifying. Like, are you out of your goddamn mind? You're gonna liken this. We are trying to promote a 
a revolutionary drug that is going to save you from a potentially life-threatening or life-altering disease. And you're comparing that to the roundup and extermination of a race of people based on religion. Cool. They're like (laughs) getting a vaccine and having proof of asking for proof of vaccine is like putting a star of David on you. It's like persecution. No, it is not. (laughs) I mean, you're persecuting them for their beliefs. Are you not? No, we're not persecuting anybody. <laughs> we're just saying you can't have a hamburger here because I, look, you might get people sick. It's simple I, as that. I, I, I play a lot of devil's advocate. I ain't playing devil's advocate with that one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid argument. People, people are out of their fucking minds, but this is what they're writing. And they believe it. They believe it. Do, do and at that point, that I see this and I was like, not do it? I respond? Do I write and be like, hey. I, I'm not going to say this is offensive. It is offensive, but what do you, what do you say? What how do you curb that? Do you curb that? But do you think that they started this way, or do you think they just see enough data that they're obviously right, these are people who who want to be contrarian, right? Like let's just call it for what it is, right? Being being a contrarian is fun. I do it on this podcast quite often, right? Yep. Just being contrarian is a lot of fun. Yeah. And do you think most people started with just being like, well, I don't want to believe what everyone's going to tell me is right. So then I'm just going to search for things that back up my argument because I just like being a contrarian. I just don't want to go along with everyone else because I'm not a sheep. Right. And like it's got it could be anything. I just feel like there's always a certain percentage of people who are dressed who are just going to be to the contrary of what popular belief is because they take pride in just saying, well, I'm different. I think different. And it's like sometimes you just think stupid. I think it's Don't team sports. I think it's team sports that try to validate your fear of needles because you're a little bitch. That's what I think. How's that for an opinion? Wow. This needle doesn't even hurt, does it? We've I don't want to I don't want to get a poke in the arm. I it don't know hurt. what's in it. It's like you don't you don't know what's in that fucking hamburger, you fat fuck. Get the goddamn <laughs> like you, shot. You've had wait a minute, you've had the shot though, right? Uh-huh. Did do you even feel it? Like it doesn't even hurt? You feel it. I, I was told you don't feel it. That's a lie. You feel it. But at the same time, it's a needle going into your arm. Of course, you're going to feel it. But who cares? Yeah. You know what? I'd, ra- I'd rather that than lose my sense of taste. I've told you that's the worst thing that could ever happen. <laughs> losing my sense of taste. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine. I'd, what am I going to eat celery for the rest of my life? That's what I'd be doing. Well, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't taste it, right? And celery doesn't taste like anything anyway. It just tastes like yeah, green just, water. Yeah, I just eat the healthiest thing all the time. I just eat whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, more kale, texture. please. Thank you. That's where texture becomes important, right? Because you would mm. know what the texture of steak is. So if someone told you it was steak and it was in a slurry, you wouldn't be happy. You'd still want to bite through that texture even if you couldn't taste it. Yeah, but it wouldn't taste. I, you'd need the taste. You couldn't just have steak texture. That's stupid. <laughs> it's like it's just not the, the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. You're going to get fried chicken. I want the, I just want to, I want to feel the crunch, but I don't want to taste all the salt. Where's the fun? 11 different herbs and spices. You think they do that shit for texture? <laughs> they don't. It's for taste. Yeah. It's for flavor. All right. It's the worst thing that could ever happen. Get the shot. I got a bit aggressive okay. there. Okay. If you're yeah, in, sure. the, I will say the same thing. I say there's a caveat to all this, right? If you are immunocompromised and or you have a medical reason that you cannot get the shot, by all means, talk to your doctor. Don't get the shot. But I assure you, you are in the vast minority of people. There is no reason we should not be at an 80% vaccination rate at this point. And that's, that's all I'll say. 
because uh, there's nothing else to say. And if you're sure. posting anything comparing uh, comparing the vaccine to the Holocaust, then you're an asshole. Straight up. That's all. Okay. Let's, uh, yeah, well, that's it. And um, anything else you want to go over before we get into some stories? Yeah, I made uh, matcha almond butter pancakes. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, enough with the matcha. Like, Jesus Christ. What what are you going to do when matcha comes out to be magnetic and terrible for you? You're going to be screwed. Would, would, would it be worth it? Again, I, to find I'd out say that this, the same thing this, you ask me every time. Yes, I say I do, because it's a lot of I, matcha. Can you find something else? Can I find something? You sound like my dad. It, you know what? Why don't you stop drinking coffee? Huh? Can you find something else? I do. I, I, hey, don't, don't, don't you put your daddy issues on me. <laughs> Find something else other than matcha. Find it's, another it's green. Fine, Is I'll it? go to cocaine. I'll go to cocaine. <laughs> Good. I'd like that. <laughs> I'll shake it up. All right. How about that? Yeah, shake it up. Go to go to heroin. How about that? I made I made I made <laughs> cocaine powdered almond crusted pancakes. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it, the thing is, it wasn't very matcha y. I'll start with that, right? So there's the. Um, so I bought this thing recommended by some random barista um, in down in Ocean City, and it was a matcha almond butter. And I made pancakes with it because what else do you do with anything <laughs> that you get, right? I Because now I see ingredients and I'm like, how can I get that into pancakes or French toast or something? So that's just where my mind goes. The perfectly healthy mind. Don't question. Well, look, and, you'll be happy to know that for the most part, reading the data on matcha, matcha is very good for you. So I just I hope know. it doesn't change. I hope it doesn't change because there was Me a too. time in my life where eggs were awful for you. Then they're better for you. Then they're not. It's like it, stuff changes. Yeah, and you can't exactly. really be allergic to it. So It's uh, a plant. Yeah. It's a leaf. Aren't, aren't yeah, most, lots most of leaves, leaves you can be allergic to. You're allergic to avocado. That's a that's a, that's a byproduct of a Minor plant. allergy. Now, could I say that last week when I went to this, uh, when I went to that restaurant to get tacos and I, they, <laughs> I, they're like, do you have any allergies? And I was like, I have a minor avocado allergy. It's like a record scratch and the jaw just dropped. They said, Oh my God, <laughs> why are you here? I said, no, it's minor. It's not that bad. They're like, because there's like tons of avocado here. I'm like, no, cross contamination is fine. Everything will be okay. I wouldn't be here if it was that bad. Um, so, as I said, yeah, matcha, almond butter, pancakes, kind of healthy too, because it was made with almond butter, um, whole wheat flour, and um, dusted a little uh, matcha sugar on top. That's not healthy. Uh, but I did toast almonds, sprinkled those on top of the aesthetics. Overall, pretty good. Pretty good pancakes. Undercooked the first one. Like, really bad. Really, uh, mm. this is the first first time this has happened where the uh, I had the pan too hot. I know I made that comment about the Lithuanians and their ridiculous saying about the burnt pancake. Didn't burn the pancake, uh, but maybe I did, I guess, because the outside overcooked. Didn't even cook the inside at all. So, I don't know what you call that. Gross. <laughs> That's what you call it? I don't know. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I tried the edges just to see how the recipe tasted because it was just a recipe of my own design. And, uh, you know, I just kind of winged it with my pancake intuition. That's a thing, right? Sure. Can you grow your own matcha? I thought you were going to say, can you grow your own pancakes? No. <laughs> sure. Can you grow your own matcha? Um, That's a great question. Because it's just Most green tea leaf extract, right? So you can grow green tea leaves. It's just how you process matcha it. leaves. Right? Can you grow matcha leaves? Let's see. Oh, that's a good question. 
Matcha requires very moist soil to grow and mulch helps soil to return next year. How to grow matcha. Like if it were that easy, everyone would do it. So I'm going to say uh, well, probably not. Well, yeah, I need. I uh, mean, but that's a low bar though these days. <laughs> what's that? If it was that easy, everyone would do it. Well, it's like a lot of people don't do. I mean, it, getting this vaccine is super easy. Not everyone's doing it. So that's bad. Well, we've covered that already. You want me to go back yeah, exactly. into it? That's you want me to go back though. leaning into these? No, I don't. These I just, I just want right. to make a comparison to those who aren't paying attention. Okay. Step one, choose where to plant your matcha plant. <laughs> Keep in mind the plant will mature to around five feet in diameter. Holy shit. So the answer is no in New York City. And your plant needs to be at a, at minimum 12 feet away from other plants. You also need wow. to choose a shaded area. I don't know anybody who has this much space. I do. Maybe I should grow some matcha. <laughs> yeah, grow matcha. Let me know how that goes. I'll give you All a right, pancake maybe recipe. I maybe I will. And I'll send it and to a, you. And a tea recipe. Oh, how nice. All right. Well, you're leading the show. Does that mean uh, you're going to read all these stories that I found? <laughs> I can if you want me to. You got to just send me the stories and I'll read them. I'll be more than happy to read. Now that I'm no longer on a media hiatus, send them to me and I get to choose them. Send me the stories and I'll get you to, you can choose which order you want to read them and I'll read them. But I already know what all they all are, like the actual subtext of the, it doesn't matter here. I'll well, I sent one, one to you. Two. And then here's the, here's, you already have the third, but I'll send it to you anyway. All right, yeah. Just think if we were organized. All right, Jason. So your three your three categories now this this week are hot dogs, chimpanzees, or child pornography. <laughs> let's uh let's do hot dog, child pornography, okay, and the chimpanzee. I always, I always like ending with uh with an animal story. All righty. And we're already talking about food, so the hot dog's a good start. All righty. So from CNN Health. Eating a hot dog could take 36 minutes off of your life, a new study says. So you may want to skip the toppings on your next hot dog or just skip it all together. Health researchers at the University of Michigan, Go Blue, have found the, that eating a single hot dog could take up to 36 minutes off of your life. Up to. Their study, published this month in the journal Nature Food, which is a weird name for a journal. <laughs> researchers, researchers looked at 5,853 foods in the U.S. diet and measured their effects in minutes of healthy life gained or lost. We wanted to make a health-based evaluation of the beneficial and detrimental impacts of the food in the entire diet. Oliver Jolet, professor of environmental health sciences at the university and senior author of the paper, told CNN. The team came up with an index that calculates the net beneficial or detrimental health burden in minutes of healthy life associated with the serving of food. It's based on the study called the Global Burden of Disease, which measures morbidity associated with a person's food choices. For example, 0.5 minutes are lost per gram of processed meat, or 0.1 minutes are gained per gram of fruit. We then look at the composition of each food and then multiply this number by the corresponding food profiles that we previously developed. Do you have this study, like the full study? Uh, yeah, I found this link. It's a little. I want you to find matcha on there and see does it is it added? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'll keep reading as you find it. One of the food researchers measured what was a standard beef hot dog on a bun, and I would say I haven't had a hot dog in a very long time. But is it beef hot dog or like a like the pork hot dog? The beef hot dog's the kosher hot dog, right? Uh, beef is kosher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't actually don't like regular hot dogs. Again, I haven't had a hot dog in a very long time. Like a good hot dog's a good hot dog, but you got to be in the mood for it. That's okay, like here we go. Data, game data exclusions. 
baby foods, infant formulas, 100% fruit and vegetable juices, alcoholic beverages, water, coffee, and tea. There you go. So mm-hmm. those are not ex- included, including diet beverages and other foods were not considered in this study because of lack of data to properly evaluate their effect on human health, according to the epidemiological epidemiological data considered. All right. I made it, so I made it through. a hot dog specifically, to continue back to the story, 61 grams of processed meat, which resulted in the loss of 27 minutes of health flight. But when ingredients like sodium and trans fatty acids, acids were factored in, the final value was 36 minutes lost. Consumptions of foods such as nuts, legumes, seafood, fruits, and non-starchy vegetables, on the other hand, have positive effects on health, the study found. The index looks at foods that increase or decrease life expectancy, but it's not as easy as trying to cancel out detrimental food choices with more beneficial ones, Jolette said. The index is primarily there to help aid in selecting and using calories consumed on a daily basis to tweak a minimum of habits and make the minimum charge to obtain a maximum benefit for health in the environment from our food experience, Jolette said. The point mm-hmm. is to choose better foods, not to spend time doing the math. It is the ultimate metric that will tell you exactly what to eat tomorrow and entirely determine your life expectancy, he said. Is it, a, it is a useful metric that can help you make more informed choices and makes it simpler to identify and make adequate small changes in our diet. So I'll leave it there. Now, I've got a, I've got a question for you, actually. Yeah, because I got the chart in front of me. Okay, you've got the chart in front of you, but I want to pose a question for you. Let's say when you're born, mm-hmm. when your parents are at the hospital and they're bringing a young, a young, very pink Jason home, and they have a chart that says Jason has 100, or they have, they have a device, right? You get a device that comes with every baby that says 120 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the current calculation of what you have going through your life. And as you do things, that number starts to drop, right? So every yeah. time you have a meal, you look yeah. at it and it shows you, you're, you used to be at 97.6 years. You are now at 97.6 years in 35, or five years in um, 35. It's, like that, uh, it's like that Justin Timberlake and Amanda Siegfried movie, In Time. I, I think I remember that, but yes, it's something along those lines where you can see your counters. So like you go to, you travel to, let's say you travel to Beijing, and every mm-hmm. time you breathe the air, you see your life dropping. Oof, terrifying. Like like everything you do has this calculator. Mm-hmm. But some go up, just to be clear. But that, that's my point, right? You can get some of these points back. Yeah. At what point would you stop caring about this calculator? Would it be immediately? Would it be once you're in 60? Like how how much would you stare at this thing trying to balance out your life? You personally, because I think everyone's different. Some real OCD people are going to try to add to that calculator. Oh. You can only hit 100 and what did I say, 110, 120. You can only hit that max cap though. So you can't go over that cap. So just you're because you spend five years eating, drinking matcha doesn't mean that once you get to 120, you're stuck. You're done. Yeah, once I uh, once I got a scale in my apartment like a few months ago, like I step on that thing all the time, just out of curiosity. So I'd be looking at this thing constantly, all the time, all the time. I would too. But every single meal. Now, now granted, would that would that just like the scale? Does that actually impact what I do? Not unless there's like a major swing, but that hasn't really happened yet. So like, if all of a sudden I start, you know, I make substantial gains on the weight that I lost, then I'd be like, oh no! Like if I'm having like, if I'm losing hours because I had, because I just decided to go on a hot dog binge, you know, which is not something I would ever do, then it'd be like, okay, 
bro, you got, you got to stop eating hot dogs. Like I would, I would have that conversation with myself. We'd stop eating hot dogs and then I'd start uh, eating some, whatever we have here. What is it? Seafood mixed dishes or uh, what peanut butter and jam sandwiches that adds, that adds 30 minutes. So there you go. Bam. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Okay, cool. For every hot dog I eat, I have to have peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Would you would you break peanut butter and jam? I'm sure peanut butter and jelly might be less because jam has more fruit in it, right? Than jam. Fantastic, even better, no problem. I'm not so one of those guys. I, who's like, so I guess that's I, my do you question. Know any would these you people, by the way, who are like, do you want jelly? Like we only have jam, and they'd be like, well, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Again, I would say you don't really find you don't really find jelly here. It's mostly jam here. Jelly Dude, is what about preserves? Thing. It also seems like a place where they would have preserves. <laughs> well, no, because it's just jam. It just is just what like it is. Bougie jelly preserves. Yeah. I don't care. All right, just whatever it is. Just as long as it's like mashed fruit and it tastes <laughs> like candy with sugar, just, with sugar yeah. poured into it. Give me, give me that stuff. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be looking at that stuff all the time. But but again, would you would you spend like like your twenties and thirties not caring about it and then trying to recover like how how people do now? <laughs> Would you spend like up until a certain age not looking at it and then your parents hand you this thing and you see that it's like, oh, it's now at like 59 years and you're 35 and you're like, oh, crap, I've got a lot of making up to do. <laughs> like, w- w- uh, which way would you rather do this? Would you rather your parents tell you about this immediately or would you rather them let you live for 30 years and then they sit down and say, Jason, there's something that we need to tell you. Now, again, you might know about this already, but let's just say there is some mythical world where you just didn't know that there is this counter. Yeah. And they hand this oh, to you and go, look, there's this counter. You spent the last 30 years of your life. We've been able to see everything that you've done that has affected your health. Oh, everything. And you, huh? only, have 50, and you, you sh- only have 15 years left. Get it together. Oh. But you can get it up by eating a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. So then just eat a bunch of peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> so that, that's the solution. Look, you, gotta, just eat peanut you have a really weird diet where you keep eating hot dogs all the time. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. But also, you don't believe me, but I still... I I eat fine mostly. I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, okay. But that's okay. So that's the thing. That's why I don't really like I had a pretty good habit. There I definitely went on a run at some point between let's call it sophomore year of high school and senior year of college. That's where I probably gained the most weight, but I never really blew up like i topped out at maybe like 150 155 so that was that was the biggest i ever was then when i did uh when i stopped eating sugar for like five weeks i lost about 15 pounds and i was about 140 and i i never gained that back and for years despite all my so-called terrible eating habits and now after losing like another 10 pounds I still haven't, I haven't gained that back. Even after going to the beach and eating ice cream like every other night, and going off the rails for the most part, I try to keep a somewhat balanced life going. So this wouldn't really concern me too much, and I would definitely still go go hard in in Japan and uh, seek out some obscure French toast place. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, there you go. Well, if you ever want to know the math, I guess look up this study. Um, I'm not surprised that I would have figured that hot dogs would have taken more off your life, to be honest. Well, what about you? What, what would you do? What would be your choice? Would you want to see it? How would you would it change your life? Or you're already I don't think I'd want to know it doesn't now. Matter. I don't think I would have wanted to know earlier in life. Like you just kind of gotta live. And then you learn. And then, you know, if the number says eighty six or eighty seven, you go, look, that's a good run. Eggs is uh taken off a couple minutes. 
It's either yeah, it's a couple minutes. It's, it's a bit of a range. It's between neutral and taking off fifteen minutes. Now is that I was going to say egg? if it, if there's anything, my last five years or last three years, I've been putting on quite a bit of quite a bit of time back on the clock here. Not a whole yeah. lot of processed meat. Not a whole lot of nonsense. Seems like so seafood I think I've been is, adding uh, value so far. Seafood's the best by the looks of things. It adds it adds time on. Yeah, seafood nuts. And uh, it's really interesting that they have this whole thing of sandwiches. It's also interesting that they called uh, that they called out a Frankfurter sandwich, kind of like this is our hat being tossed into the is a hot dog a sandwich debate. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which which we're not going to have at this point. I was going to say because I don't want to. (laughs) I don't I don't want to. Unless you want to. But I, I honestly this is one of those things where I am enthusiastically indifferent. I just don't care. It's a hot dog. <laughs> For me, it's always the burger discussion. I think a burger needs a patty and, and burger buns. Anything yeah, we talked about that. Have you okay. have you tried any of those burgers, by the way? You're supposed to well, report back. Because I'm we locked in my them? house for the last week. Oh, <laughs> right. Touche. I had one burger. I had one burger. Um, How was it? I can, I can find them. It was okay. Oh. That's too bad. Um, the burger I had was from the botanist. It was a it was a veg, it was a vegan burger. Let me see if I can find it. One uh, burger, botanist Wellington. This, yeah, this the is, burger this Wellington. This is why you're in lockdown right now. Because this is of why lockdown. you're in lockdown right now. It got mm-hmm. it got canceled because of lockdown. Yeah, um, which is a shame. So the burger was the ooh, <laughs> Hebridean Hillian Koo. Mm, nope. <laughs> so what it was was a battered. Beef patty with black pudding, fried vegan egg, and these are in quote beef and egg are in quotes. Cost lettuce, pickled turnip slaw, and vegan blue cheese aioli on a Pandora black bun. It was okay. It was all right. Okay. Alice had a burger. Let me see if I can find a burger that she had. Um, I don't remember where she went. Um, I could go yell at her and find it, but it apparently had like, um, it apparently had, um, um, what's it called? Um, like shrimp and like pork, um, like pork belly. It was uh, the exact opposite of the burger I just described to you. Basically, is the point I'm trying to get to. Nice. Um, she gets it. Yeah. So if you can stall, I might be able to find it. Okay. Cool. I actually um, I, I looked at the next article and it's really long, so I'm going to send you an abridged version from the New York Post. Great. Great. Okay, I can't find this burger, but uh, maybe next week I'll have it for you. I think All I, I know remember her posting had... a picture about it uh, yes. on Instagram. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. If you find the picture on Instagram, then uh, yeah, you can see it. It looked like everything I just did not describe, which is fake beef and fake egg. <laughs> what it was was pork and some type of shrimp on a burger. And it's apparently it was silly. very good. It's just silly. Yeah, apparently it was very good. What the hell is this? All right. Yeah. All righty. So next article. Yep. Oh, here you go. She's explaining it to me. She can hear me as I record this podcast. It's oh, a prawn okay, cool. katsu burger with horse smoked, house smoked, sorry, <laughs> not horse smoked. Let me start over. Prawn katsu patty with uh-huh. house smoked pork belly, Yep. sesame Q pie slaw, sriracha mayonnaise, and Japanese style barbecue sauce with a Zyda's milk bun and spicy prawn crackers was the burger. All right. The thing that I'm most curious about there is the Prawn crackers. How does that work? I'm assuming that I'm assuming that that replaced the fries in this occasion, right? 
That'd be my assumption. I, I, I guess. I'm just wondering what what is the structure of these prawn crackers? Oh, I think I found it. I think I found it. It is from Boneface Brewing Company. I have found it. I will send you a link. Okay. There's the link. All right. Let's see so yeah, here. it's like it's almost like the the prawn crackers that you get out of a bag. It's almost like um, pork rinds, kind of. Oh, okay. That's not as interesting. Okay. But it looks looks good. Looks like a nice oh, place looks cool. Burger. It's outdoors. They got uh, they it got the is. This is where this is by where I skate as well. I skate by Brewtown. No, I guess no so, hockey either. So hockey. if you ever come to watch hockey, there is, and this is when Alice actually. Are, are you talking burgers. to me? Or are you speaking hypothetically I was to, to anybody? Anyone, anyone who's in the area. Oh, okay. If you ever want to come watch ice hockey, you can also drink because there's like six breweries right next to the place. So ice rink. I'm looking up the uh, the ice rink over here. Uh, is this the uh, the no, it's the frosty the roller spot. skating club. It's the frosty, frosty spot. spot. That's because a fun why name. wouldn't you call an ice rink the frosty spot? I'm looking through the. Wait a minute. This little uh, sheet of ice that can't be right. No, I think that's the old one. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, I see it now. I'm looking for a picture, seeing if you're in any of these pictures here. I should be, because yeah, and these are old photos. The photos that I'm seeing on here now are old. It's also mini golf there. There's everything there. <laughs> it looks like a looks like a blast. Is it Literally. the frosty spot because it's also an ice cream parlor? No, it is not an ice cream parlor. It only has an ice rink. That's it. Missed opportunity. All right. All righty. Next story. I forget which one it was. Oh, wait, wait I found it. The New York it. Post one. The one I just sent the you. The New York to. Post one. All right. So, oh, wow. Why is that one so long? Okay. Yeah. So. Are you aware of the band Nirvana? <laughs> Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Never, Never mind. Heard of them. Uh, hey, yeah, I know Nirvana. So the Nirvana baby, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read the other headline because this headline is an opinion piece. The other headline is just news. Well, it's the New York Post. What do you yes. expect? So I'm I'm going to just read the Variety headline, which is "Man photographed as baby on the Nevermind cover sues Nirvana." alleging child pornography Mm -hmm. so i'll read your article that's the that's the uh opinion piece nirvana baby spencer eldon is poster child for our victim culture so okay (laughs) yeah that's what i mean i was like i can't read that (laughs) and then and then go through this. So this is the New York Post. I'm going to read bits of the other read, one. I didn't read no, the New didn't York read Post this. one. I just no. thought they were going to you know, succinctly wrap up the and, – no. and maybe they will. There might be posts. There might, there might be, be facts in the but, but I But piece. I think I can wrap this up before reading that, right? Oh, so Spencer man. Elgin. I'm sorry, but that was funny. <laughs> the, man, the man whose unusual baby portrait was used for one of the most recognizable album covers of all time, Nirvana's Nevermind, filed a lawsuit Tuesday alleging that the nude image – constituted child pornography mm. the album cover depicts eldon underwater in a swimming pool as a then infant with his genitalia exposed the image has generally been understood as a statement on capitalism as it includes a digital imposition of a dollar bill on a fish hook that the baby appears to be enthusiastically swimming towards non-sexualized nude photos of infant of infants are generally not considered child pornography under law however Robert Y. Lewis, Eldon's lawyer, offers an unusual interpretation of the image to argue that it crosses the line into child porn, writing that the inclusion of currency in a shot makes the baby appear like a sex worker. What? 
So I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs. The cover art subject, who, like the Nevermind album itself, is now 30. So the kid is 30, or the guy is 30, and the album is 30, is asking at least 150000 from each of the defendants, who include surviving band members Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic, Courtney Love, the executive of Kurt Cobain's estate, Guy mm-hmm. Osery and Heather Perry, manager of Cobain's estate, photographer Kurt Whittle, art director Robert Fisher, and a number of existing or defunct record companies that released or distributed the album in the last three decades. Hmm. So yeah. Now, do you want me to read the other one? <laughs> because it's a, it's an editorial that explains victim culture and why it's wrong. It's very New York Postian of this, if that's a word. Uh... So I'll read a couple paragraphs of this, and then you can then you can tell me what you think about this. So this is from Kyle Smith, who this guy I'm sure is a douche. You'd think the guy oh, who was once the baby floating guy. in the swimming pool on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind would be pretty happy about uh, having a completely unearned place in pop culture history. Some people chase fame their whole lives. Spencer Eldon got it in a 15-minute photo shoot when he was four months old and can boast that he has the most iconic wiener since the formation of Oscar Mayer. How many guys are blessed with a better conversation starter? Hello, ladies. Bet you five bucks you've already seen my ding-dong. Oh, I can't believe this is actually written in the New York Post. <laughs> what the? F- no. <laughs> you sent this to me. You sent this to I... me. This is your fault. So now I'm going to read it. Spencer Eldon is a useful illustration of a widely accepted principle. If you can't oh. get rich by hard work, talent, or dumb luck, the next best method is possibly is probably to start screaming out, I'm a victim. Victimhood is worth something. Sometimes it's worth a lot. Eldon grew up in one, con- one country on earth where every doofus liar and lowlife thinks he can get rich and many of them turn out to be absolutely right his family was paid only 200 dollars for the photo shoot his dad was a friend of the photographer and never mind earned enough money to build to rebuild yankee stadium out of caviar so now eldon figures he's entitled to a piece of the action he's claiming the Nevermind album constituted child porn of which he was an unwitting victim using a federal law he's suing everybody from the record company to the band hoping to extract one hundred fifty thousand dollars from all parties that photo isn't porn unless all pictures of naked babies are and far from him caught far from causing him extreme and permanent emotional distress and physical manifestations, interference with his normal development and education process, etc., etc. He was happy to dine out on having been Nirvana baby until about 10 seconds ago. In 2016, in a 25th anniversary reaction of the photo shoot, he even volunteered to do it naked again before thinking better of the idea and posing in swim trunks. <laughs> Eldon's dumb lawsuit represents the nexus of three impulses in which America is undisputed champion. The hunger of for undeserved riches, moronic claims of victimhood, and creative lawyering. Mr. Smells Like a Greed Spirit is an amateur, though, compared to a couple of New York attorneys who mixed those same three ingredients into their magical potion that fooled a lot of people for a long time. According to an indictment announced from the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District of New York, Audrey Strauss, two members of the New York Bar who apparently thought ambulance chasing was too much, worked roundup clients to... claim phony injuries and send them off to get surgery. What does this have to do with anything? So anyway, I don't know. That's out of the so what are your thoughts on this on this guy who's now 30 who is now suing everyone who has anything to do with this album because he feels that he was exploited as a minor. Um sue the parents first if you are really upset about it. Right? His own parents. Yeah, because the band didn't just take this child. Be like, that take that kid. 
strip them down, throw them in the pool, get the fish, get the fish line, get the dollar. We're making this kid famous, right? Like it's, it's definitely a thing that required their consent. So it would be on them for doing this. But at the same time, it's silly. Like this, this is silly. You're, you're 30, you know, you've had time to think about this. No one's looking at you. I, I, is anybody really past you on the street and be like, Hey man, aren't you that naked baby? Like no one's ever said that. No one's ever said that to this guy. So unless he's going around saying it, is he really disturbed by it? Be like, oh, there's a picture of me as a baby. Um, yeah, it, the whole thing's kind of bizarre. The way that the whole argument is bizarre shows the image. Like they say it, it looks like a sex worker because, and they say that's because uh, reading from that Variety article where it says. Um, However, Robert Y. Lewis, Eldon's lawyer, offers an unusual interpretation of the image to argue that it crosses the line into child porn, writing that the inclusion of currency in the shot makes the baby appear like a sex worker. Uh, I disagree, is what I would say. Uh, I don't know how that holds up in court. It's all it, it's like for the sake of art. In this case, an album cover is art. And. You know, it's I don't think it's any more pornographic than like a statue of David being naked. And this kid is not David. (laughs) He is just a baby on an album cover. So at what point do you think he felt the need to do this? When he was like, because because they just said in the 25th anniversary of this, he offered to do it again as an adult. And he's obviously been part of a bit of the history of this album of, of, I would say, probably the most iconic band of the 90s yeah he uh he probably needed some money he was like here's an opportunity i i'm surprised it was only like a hundred fifty thousand dollars from each of those people from usually each, though from each there's a lot of people yeah sued, but that's so is it up to a million like is he looking for a million dollars and he said i'll just divide, divvy it among he, the people there and yeah we'll be fine but if these are the kind of things that get settled it's not like if he was looking for a settlement you'd go egregious and then you could talk down if you don't, yeah. you don't say I want a million dollars, and then you sue a guy for a million dollars. It's like, no, I want a million dollars. I'm going to sue them for like ten million. And they say, and they'll say, we'll give you one. And you say, all right, fine, I'll go away. Right? Isn't that how negotiation works? I don't know. I've yeah, never I mean, I guess, but like, would you even entertain this? Like, if you're them, like again, it's so spread out at this point. I mean, Kurt Cobain's been dead for as long as this kid's been alive. Mm-hmm. Getting there, he's getting close. So, at what point? At what point do you just go look, man? Who you're you're suing? Ghost at this point, like you're not suing anybody. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the statute of liber- uh, limitations here? I mean, it's normally seven years, but I'm assuming for anything that has to do with child pornography, it probably is. It's got to go on forever, right? Like I'm assuming you can sue anybody at any time if it's child pornography. Yeah, but you can't just have a revelation. Like, okay, you you have a certain consciousness, right? The guy's thirty. So let's say that you could start thinking, let's let's throw out this hypothetical number, like this nonsense number saying you could start thinking for yourself as an adult by the time you're 18, right? Let's just say yep, that's the sure. year it starts. Sure, so just for making this Just season. for the sake of this point, right? Because then you have 12 years. Every day you wake up and you're like, it's not porn, it's not porn, it's not porn. And then someday when you're around 29, you're like, holy shit, that was porn. What that's changed? not fair, though. That's not fair, though, because there's plenty of people who maybe were abused as children 
who have been right, talking fair to enough. other people go, wait a minute, what I went through was abuse. So that's a very real possibility. He could be talking to people and they just go, hey, you know, like, that's not really cool. Like, yeah. you didn't consider All right, fair enough, that. fair enough. I will consider And I guess that. that's this this clown's point of just like, well, this is what's wrong with the culture. You can convince anybody that they've been abused, even though they've been perfectly fine all their life. And then this comes up where one person claims they're a victim. And now we've got to you know bend the need all the victims out there that's kind of what this dude's point is but look i think the lawsuit is kind of frivolous um i I just don't think he's gonna win um and if it has given him emotional damage i feel bad for him because it's just you know like stuff hits people at different times there's not a i mean maybe he is traumatized who am i to say right i don't want to judge whether his trauma is real or not about you know being the cover of this album and the minute people find out, they constantly remind you of it and they constantly make jokes about it. And, you know, I can see how over time, some of the decisions he maybe made at 25 at the 25th anniversary of this album has caused his life distress the last five years. I can totally see that. Where at first he thought it was cool and fun because everyone, his parents had told him it was cool and fun. And then he gets around people and they constantly remind him, oh, well, you, you can swim naked in a pool today, like whatever idiots do. I could totally see him being like, well, this isn't fun anymore. But. But I don't think you can sue anybody. Like you said, it's kind of on your parents. And unless your parents were out here peddling, and like the reasoning for it is because there's a dollar in the photo, it's sex worker is a little bit. Of yeah, a this is this is the problem, right? Here <laughs> we go. Stretch. If you read from the end of this article, he said he then reckoned because he said in Time Magazine article in the 25th anniversary five years ago, Eldon then 25 said. Quote, I got a little upset for a bit, end quote, as he grew older. Quote, I was trying to reach out to these people. I never met anybody. I didn't get a call or email. I just woke up already being a part of this huge project. It's pretty difficult. You feel like you're famous for nothing, but you didn't really do anything but their album, end quote. He said then that he recognized the cover concept was genius, and he in fact had Nevermind Emblem tattooed on his chest. Yet he added in 2019, in the 2016 story, quote, it's hard not to get upset when you hear how much money was involved. When I go to a baseball game and think about it, man, everybody at this baseball game has probably seen my little baby penis. I feel like I got I got part of my human rights revoked End quote. I mean, look, but, he's he's right that they've kind of used him and not probably paid him what you would have to pay somebody that now. I could get behind. I do get behind that. And I understand. But this feels like. When he, I feel like he gives away the game too early when he says, you hear how much money was involved. And then he's like, I feel like I got part of my human right. But then he's like, think about all these people that saw his baby penis. It's like, yeah, but nobody's, nobody's thinking about. And like you said, that should be kind of on your parents 30 years ago. Sorry that your parents weren't a little savvier. And at the time it was just a cool thing to do for having your kid be the cover of this album, right? As a parent, you're probably like, I don't really care. Whatever. This, this band is going to be nothing. And I'm sure the time that his dad did this, he wasn't thinking that this was going to be the the most popular album of the 90s. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't think he would have. And simultaneously, if he does have a point, he's right. He should get something as being literally the face of this of this like historic album that generates but they're not entitled to give it. He should. He no, should. they're not entitled. They're not entitled, but they're not entitled but to it, give but, it to him. And that's but if they're problem. like, but, you know. They should be like, hey, man. Yeah. Also, as a child, it's like, yeah, we'll open up a. Uh, I think they'd say, hey, maybe when we sold, when we went platinum, they said something here where they sent him a platinum album and a teddy bear. It's like maybe be like, hey, we opened up a college fund and this kid doesn't have to pay for school. 
Well, I think part of the problem with that as well is that Nirvana, like, it didn't last much longer. It's not like Nirvana is now, 30 years later, a band that's out touring the way that the that's Rolling true. Stones And the are. record company probably got, like, 90% of the problem. Yeah, I mean, that. again, like, the, the, the tragic circumstances of that band. True. It's yeah. like... It's it didn't last much longer after these after that album cover came out <laughs> like it just didn't like I think it was ninety one I think Kurt Cobain died in ninety six I think I don't know when I Kurt know. Cobain died not now I'm now I'm interested but again it was it wasn't like it's not like Kurt Cobain's still walking around now making money off of this ninety four so Kurt Cobain died three years after this album came out four years yeah. after this album came out so like it's not like so he's suing the states he's suing the ghost of people twenty six years later. And it's like, sorry, your parents kind of screwed you and didn't get you a deal that I, that would have set you up for life, but parents now would have, and it's a different time. People are more savvy about this stuff when back in the day, especially if you're probably part of this grunge scene and your dad's probably a little cool and hip, he's like, whatever, just put my kid in there, whatever, let him swim in the pool, it'll be fun, right? So sorry that your parents weren't more business savvy, they could have got you more money. Like, I agree with you, the very first thing you said is what I felt, blame your parents, don't blame the band. Yeah, exactly. But hey, man. I get it. You make a point. If he does feel this way, if he has some, uh, you know, repressed emotions that come out of this, I yeah, it I sucks. I, like. I, I feel bad for him because you know, sure, it could be fun. Some people would turn that into a lucrative career. For other people, it could mean you know, it could be traumatizing. And I'm, I don't want to be one to judge someone's trauma when I'm not. My baby picture is not naked on the cover of some grunge album. So who am I to say that he should feel he should or shouldn't feel a certain way? That's not that's not fair for anyone else to do from this kid because you don't know what his life has been like. So, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt that, hey, this kind of this wasn't as great as as the rest of us think it would have been for us. Yeah. Shifting gears. Nirvana. You a fan? Sure. All right. Who's not a fan of Nirvana? Yeah, they're fine. They're good. You know. I would say I probably listen to more Green Day though, to be honest. Oh, interesting. And Green Day kind of fell off a cliff after the after the late nineties. The music got a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. What is but it, of, of all the alternative days? grunge bands at that time, I feel like Green Day had a bit more. It was a bit more upbeat. Nirvana was a little. Uh, yeah, Green Day's depressing. definitely. Uh, Green Day is in the pop punk category. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily want to listen to depressing and Nirvana could be a little, some of those songs where yeah. Kurt, Kurt was going through some bad times, man, and it shows. It, it he wasn't hiding it very well in the music. Yeah, it could be. It could be a rough listen. It's not a. It's not a fun listen. Put it that no, way. But it's good. But it's very good. Different sound as well back then. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. All righty. Next, the the final story. We're talking about chimpanzees. You're gonna like this. This one. is from People.com. In their pet section. Belgian woman banned. Weird place to put this. Yeah. Belgian woman banned from zoo after four year affair with a chimpanzee. It's in quotes. A.D. Timmermans is banned from coming in contact. By the way, sorry, before before you move on, I should say that this this article comes from Brittany. She sent me this and then I immediately added it to the show. Shout out to Brittany. A.D. Timmermans is banned from coming in contact with a chimpanzee at the Antwerp Zoo in Belgium after developing a close bond with a primate over several years. Mm-hmm. A Belgian zoo banned a local woman from visiting the park's chimpanzee exhibit due to her affair with one of the primates. A chimpanzee named Cheetah, it's good whiskey as well, arrived at the Antwerp Zoo 30 years ago. Over the past four years, A.D. Timmermans has visited the primate every week developing a close bond with the animal. I quote, I love that animal and he loves me. 
I haven't I haven't got anything else. Why do they want to take that away? Timmerman said per Newsweek. We're having an affair. I'll just say. According to the outlet, the affair Timmermans mentioned involved the primate and woman waving and blowing kisses to each other from opposite sides of the glass surround the ape's enclosure. The zoo recently expressed concern about the lengthy relationship, claiming it negatively impacting cheetah's rapport with the zoo's other chimpanzees. When Cheetah is constantly busy with visitors, the other monkeys ignore him and they don't consider him part of the group, even though that is important. When he sits on his own outside, oh, he sits on, he then sits on his own outside of visiting hours, Zeus said. An animal that is too focused on people is less respected by its peers. We want Cheetah to be a chimpanzee as much as possible, the spokesperson for the facility said. Now, I want to call BS on that, but I'm going to keep reading. Antwerp Zoo noticed yeah, that Cheetah's why. fascination with with humans is present because he was a pet before joining the facility that's why it's in the pet section the zoo has now banned timmermans from making contact with cheetah to prioritize his well-being timmermans accused the zoo of being unfair saying other dozens of visitors are allowed to make content then why or contact then why not me newsweek reported zookeepers are now working towards helping cheetah learn to interact more with his fellow primate so your thoughts what are your thoughts on this Hey man, love is love, right? No, I, <laughs> I mean, some people are crazy, and yes. uh, you know, this is this is one of those people. Um, I think there's one line that she says that kind of gives it away. You know, similar to the money line from the last time, this is where it, she gives it away when she says, "I haven't got anything else." You think and that <laughs> you... is all you need to know is finding love in places where there is no love. Because I think all she said is like they wave and blow kisses to each other. Yeah. But that's a it's literally a monkey see monkey do. And she is seeing signs where there are probably none. Uh, so... Unless unless this unless Cheetah is um is actually using this as a means to get out that's the now other that's my way question that go. right uh-huh. because that's what i when i was reading this article i want to read this again mm-hmm. an animal that is too focused on people is less respected by its peers we want cheetah to be a chimpanzee as much as possible mm-hmm. now i would say I'm trying to keep cheetah if you down. wanted cheetah to be a champ- chimpanzee as much as possible yeah. he wouldn't be living in the zoo yeah. My thoughts exactly. He'd be out there with the actual chimpanzees. I understand he was a pet, but you could have rehabilitated Cheetah and then released him back into the wild. Now, I know maybe their survival isn't as long, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure there's some logical explanation for why you can't take a chimp that was a pet with a with a diaper on and in movies like Dunstan checks in and you can't just turn him back out to the wild. Once, he, once right. you go Hollywood, you're done mm-hmm. as a chimp. But... I don't know if you can blame this woman for the fact that she enjoys going. She's paying money to go to your zoo. Yeah. She enjoys her to the zoo. And it's not like she is sneaking into the cage. It's not like she's holding hands with Cheetah. It's not like she's improperly feeding him. Not yet. Like you said, it's monkey see, monkey do. She's been doing this for 30 years. No, no, no. no. Oh, for the past four, four years, years. Sorry. She's been four doing years. this for four years. It's a long time yeah. for old Addie to be. She, again, like she's not. She she hasn't overstepped bounds, in my opinion. This is the this is the failing of the zoo to be able to acclimate Cheetah in a way that allows him to be part of his group, 
Do you think Cheetah was fine for the first 26 years and the last four years she's just become an outcast? I think Cheetah's probably always been a bit of an outcast. Because he's a he was a he was a pet chimp. He gets in there and he goes, Hey guys, what are we doing? And they're like, You're not a real chimp. You're one of those fake chimps. One yeah. of those house pet chimps. And I'm that's the s- problem, right? I'm gonna send you this article. I think you learn all you need to know about che- about this woman just by looking at a picture of her. And this is from the New Zealand Herald. It's from the well. New Zealand Herald. You scroll down a bit, you'll see this this picture of this woman. She is Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. This is exactly <laughs> what I would expect her to look like. Oh wow. Oh wow, I take it all back. This woman's crazy. Oh, there's a video of her fair as well. I'm clicking on this video. Is it actually this a video is, of that? Or is it There's a video, yes. There's a video of her at the glass. And she is sitting down. That's the top video. And her and and her and Cheetah, she's she's hitting her finger and she's she's kissing the glass and Cheetah's kissing back. Oh yeah, this is a this is like a jailhouse affair. There's a I conjugal visit. I can't, in even, this wa- I can't even watch it because I'm in uh Oh, they won't let you watch this. Oh, here, I found another article, though. They're, they're oh, not letting me watch it because I'm not in New Zealand. Yeah, wow. Okay, so that was, uh, and then after that was a was a photo of Ron Jeremy <laughs> in a mask. <laughs> I guess he's been indicted on sexual uh, sexual harassment and rape charges, I believe. But yeah, look, I mean, I would say, has she crossed the line? Sure. But oh, just because, just because Cheetah loves this woman doesn't mean that you should break this up. That's not her fault. That's Cheetah's fault. You should tell Cheetah, Cheetah, you're a chimp. You're not a human. But you've also put Cheetah in a position where Cheetah can go through the glass and find this woman. Why not change the chimpanzee enclosure so that way Cheetah can get acclimate with his friends without looking outside at the glass, right? So there's some nefarious ongoings with this zoo that I don't like. This woman is not 30. There's no way. I don't believe this. What? She's supposed to be 30? No, that woman's not 30. No way. Isn't that what you said? No, 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 no. Cheetah's been at the zoo for 30 years. Oh, okay. Arrives at the... For the past four years. Got it, got it, got it. So we don't know how... And trust me, the name Addy, that might be coming back now, but that's not a millennial name. (laughs) Okay. That's a a Gen Zer name or or a boomer name. Yeah, like, I mean, I feel bad for this woman. She, you know, she said she's got nothing. She didn't say no one. She says, I have nothing. nothing. I don't have anything else. Why do they want to take that away is what she said. We're having an affair, I'll just say. So she sees this as love. And Cheetah has responded in kind. And I I don't think it's Cheetah's fault that he's not being accepted by his friends. You know, love sometimes. Sometimes it's just people won't accept love. And you have to fight through it anyways. Cheetah's, uh, I mean, this has got these videos of Cheetah. He's uh, he's, he's he's a good looking chimp. And I think Cheetah would tear her face off. <laughs> oh, yeah. She'd take him home. Rip and, her face off like yeah. a scab off of a knee wound. Yeah, because Cheetah also looks like he's seen some shit. Yes. Cheetah like looks he's, like he's he was ready to He's got some white hair. This is like. Yes. Cheetah's, looks, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I think, yeah. Like, I don't. The zoo, to me, should have handled this differently, personally. I think he should have kept Cheetah. Maybe once a week, you had to come up with a plan that tells her, look, we've got to look, Cheetah, your your lover Cheetah is going to die if we don't help him. So help us help Cheetah by playing your part. We'll give you a conjugal once a month where you can come in here and touch the glass and blow oh, kisses. Conjugal, but in the yikes. meantime, you got to leave him alone. Yeah. Fair enough. But I feel bad for her. I do. Can she can she have, start an affair with another chimp or would Cheetah get mad? Go to another zoo. I don't think Cheetah's gonna know. You sure? Cheetah seems yeah. pretty smart, though. Cheetah might know. Cheetah's uh, Cheetah's an old chimp. How old do chimp? How long do chimps live till? 
probably 60 i would assume average age of a chimp that made me very sad when you said 60 thinking that 40 years oh wait yeah 40 years that's average bonobo 40 years yeah bonobos are uh are the the chimps that median everything is with, 31 31.7 years for males 38.7 years for females all right so half of that that's sad if you're a chimp yeah so cheetah's not gonna yeah, chin, so, wants to, he so wants to spend the last days of his life in love and or the he, zoo wants to take that away from him or he wants to taste the flesh of old women <laughs> yeah either way or both <laughs> who knows you know yeah, sad story, but uh, you know what? That happens. Star-crossed lovers. I can see this as a movie. Yeah, put I it on can. Lifetime. Put it on Lifetime. Who plays this woman? Uh, Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> Didn't have to think about are you, it. Are you sure that 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 that's not Sharon Osbourne as a an, under a different name? I am not. I am not sure. I, I that was the first thought I had when I saw this woman, and I remain. Skeptic, I, I cannot commit 100% to saying that's not her. But that's who could play her. Easily. Yeah. Doesn't have to do anything. Just be like, yeah, that's, you're done. Yeah, the show, up. show up. Show up. Rub the glass, blow some kisses, and uh, we're good. Then you're out. We get you out of here. Yep. Yep. They walk off in the sunset. That's the, uh, that's the end of the movie. With Cheetah taking a shit in his hand. Because <laughs> that's what chimps do. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, your call, since you're driving this thing, if you want to do some uh, reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish, otherwise we go right sure. into media therapy. Yeah, we can, because there's been quite a bit of political news. Joe Biden yep. has finally hit his first bit of turmoil. Is that fair to say? Sleepy like his Joe's got to wake up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but his real legitimate first part of terror of him having to deal with this about this. And it's real funny, because this is something that started with Trump, right? This whole let's pull out of Afghanistan. Trump was applauded for that. To his point, to Joe Biden's point, like every president said we we're going to do this. Barack said it. Trump said it. Yeah. And now here we are again. I mean, it started with Bush. That's it. So he's the fifth president who has to deal with this thing. Terror. Yeah, no, fourth. Yeah, terror. terror. Yeah, terror. Uh, so you got GW, Barack, Trump, and now Biden. So fourth president has to deal with this. And... Yeah. Now Biden's Trump, been around Trump this longer talk- than anybody, though. To be Trump fair, was Biden was to- vice president, so Biden's been dealing with this for. But Biden apparently had a different. Yeah. Biden apparently wanted to leave, like from the from the jump, even when he was in the administration with uh, Obama, and they apparently clashed on that. So you know, just saying, just saying. That's anecdotal. I haven't looked up any evidence for that, but apparently that's what happened. So. But yeah, Trump Trump talked to the Taliban about this. Like literally, did he call up the Taliban? Yeah. Can you imagine he, that he phone call to, with Trump? He wanted to Trump wanted to invite the Taliban. And this isn't about Trump because this is very much a Biden problem. It's it, that's just the fact of the matter, right? It is. But Trump yes. Taliban uh Camp David. I believe he wanted to bring him to Camp David. He wanted to fly on those bros over on a plane. On 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> Trump ought to quit. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, days before Trump criticized for planning secret Camp David meeting with Taliban days before 9/11 anniversary. Wow. Yeah, that was in uh, September of 2019. 
Trump is facing backlash after announcing the, the he planned to hold a secret meeting with the Taliban at Camp David this weekend, but canceled it over attacks overseas that left 12 dead, including one American. Republican Democrat, Democrat leaders sharply criticized the president over two main concerns, bringing members of Taliban to the U.S., specifically to Camp David, a presidential retreat for presidents used for administrations and the timing of the, and the, timing of the meeting just days before the 18th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. So yeah, he uh, he he kind of put this thing in motion in a way. He he's the one who set the date, and he originally had another date, but then he pushed it back because you're right. He was he was campaigning on getting out of Afghanistan. People were and like, it was yeah, widely supported, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's one of those things that it's like, hey, this sounds great until you logistically have to do it. Like this is a perfect example when someone just like just do this, just pull off the band aid and do this, right? Yeah, and then you start to do it, and then it's like. Oh wait, there's like legitimate problems with doing this. Yeah. And that's what we've hit is those legitimate problems of what happens when you're in an area that you're not able to establish as a western democracy and then mm-hmm. you try to get out of it. What happens is it kind of starts to return to what it was before. Very quickly. It didn't take long. No, it took like it took a like week. 24 hours, not <laughs> it even. Took like a week. It took days, not even a week. It, so basically the biggest black eye that the administration is going to have is that they didn't have the foresight that this was going to happen and to get out everybody who needed to get out before this thing happened. Now, the question yes. is, could they have done it? I don't know. But that's a legitimate question to ask. Be like, hey, guys, um, you knew you had to go. And yeah, now it's a bit impressive how fast you're getting out all these people. So you could so you could say that. But why did it get to this point? Couldn't you have figured it out? That the Taliban were just going to steamroll this shell of a government that you set up in place here? Like, it seemed kind of obvious. So he's got a problem. And I asked you before the podcast, but I said I wanted to know the angle here. Like, how is it being covered in New Zealand? It's being covered very similar where it's, again, it's Western world. Um, So New Zealand has people over there as well that they're trying to get out. Australia has people over there that they're trying to get out. The UK. So the entire Commonwealth has people in that region that they're trying to get out. And so a lot of the news has been very similar where it's right. I'm reading on stuff says in the America's news, Democrats distance themselves from Joe Biden in the wake of Kabul bombings. Right. So it's just sort of reporting the global news of uh, we need to get people out of this country now that this is starting to fall. And I guess what what happened, this is, I, I don't want to use this analogy because it's tasteless, but it's basically like, hey, we've got, you know, we've got a bunch of rats, so we're going to get the cats to take care of the rats. Oh, no. And now this other bigger animal is coming to take care of the cats. And that's kind of what's happened, where it's like, hey, the Taliban, everyone trying to figure out, is the Taliban bad? Are they okay? What's the problem? And then ISIS-K comes up. It's like, well, no, those dudes are definitely bad. And they're the sworn enemy of the Taliban. And it's like, okay, great. So now we're back to all-out guerrilla warfare, and the Western world has sort of entered themselves into this thing that is going to go on until the end of time, it seems like. Yeah. So that's where we are, and American military members are getting caught in the middle of this, and a lot of it is trying to do humanitarian aid at this point to get people out, and what's going to happen is we're just going to leave people over there, and they're going to have to find their own way out, which is crazy, but it's sort of how quickly this devolved into what it is now. And I would argue it devolved into what it was 20 years ago. Yeah. And I think that there it's, it's a no win situation. It was no win situation from the jump, which is why no one left because they probably saw that 
this was going to happen. Everybody probably saw this is going to happen. And honestly, I wouldn't put it past the administration to say they knew this was going to happen as well. Yeah. The bigger problem is not we left and stuff went to shit because that was going to happen no matter what. It was more like it's more about the people they left behind and didn't figure out about a way to get them up and who was actually at risk of getting slaughtered by the Taliban. Unless they had some written agreement being like, yeah, we promise we won't kill all the people that helped you. And then sure enough, they started killing a bunch of people that helped the US. So that's that's where it gets sticky. Because otherwise, like I, I stand by the decision like, yeah, let's get the hell out. And if you're going to talk about it through a political lens, I don't think this is going to be much of a loss is in far as far as favorability goes. It will in the near future because all the press is negative. But fast forward to actual election season and you could say, yeah, I got America out of there. I saved American lives by getting them out of this this endless war. Like I ended this war 20 years later. Bam. And that's, yeah, but that's I guess, what he'll run on and yeah. people will forget about this big tragedy just the way the media cycle works. He needs to get some wins to turn that to get some rose tinted glasses in retrospect, because right now the humanitarian cost is is quite high and quite tragic. And, and the images are bad. George Bush didn't have oh, yeah. these images in 2001, 2002, when we marched over there in that region of the world. Right, like that—that that stuff didn't exist. But now you see images of everything. People holding on the planes. All the images you've seen over the last week or so of people trying to get out of that region of the world, and it looks a thousand times worse. And it's—it's it's been that bad probably since the day that they got down there. And from what I was reading, the main problem is you try to establish a government, you try to put people in place, and it's a different set of loyalty. Democracy is something that seems very far away from working in that region of the world because historically it's not a, it's tribes. It's it's much more smaller groups that sort of control their region, but there's not sort of this overarching support of a government entity the way that you see in the western world that doesn't exist. And so and as as all Western culture does, we go over to a place we don't understand. We try to put our own morals and and way of working into that world, and then we're surprised when it doesn't work. Even after twenty years, we've spent trillions and trillions of dollars over there, and it devolved in twenty four hours. So I don't again like for me, it's just I think Joe being a little flippant about it is what's going to hurt him because he he wasn't flippant when he came out and threatened kind of whoever yesterday, which I always find silly. Well, that's easy. It's like, okay, that's great. ISIS. Now it's you're like, going to yeah, go. Fret the guy who killed himself. There you go. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. Yeah, we're going to hunt you down. It's like, okay, great. You don't have to hunt. You don't have to hunt very far. Yeah. Um, because this dude, I mean, he was two suicide bombers. So, like, again, we're still fighting an enemy that we really don't understand. And it's amazing that after 20 years, right, we just, we're doing drone strikes and we're doing the same old thing over and over again. We're never going to fix this. So we kind of need to get out. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's like one of these things, there's, it, it's like super nuanced. It's very, um, there's no easy way to do it. It's like, yeah, we shouldn't have been there in the first place, but we were there. So then what do you do? And I don't think anybody actually went in there wanting to be there to begin with. Well, other than George Bush for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, really yeah, the Afghanistan there. thing was you go in, you tried to find bin Laden, you found yeah. him, and then you stayed. Yeah. And then you stuck around and was like, oh, it's not so bad over here. Hey, you guys produce a lot of opium, huh? And it was like, well, wait a minute, what are we doing over here? 
like why are we over here in the first place and that was that's sort of always going to be george bush's legacy because he just he kind of went into something he didn't understand and he got out and was like well i kind of did my part so i did it on behalf of america and it's like but do you do you actually understand like what happened and the answer is he still doesn't understand what happened yeah he's just as clueless as the day when when all the stuff in 9-11 happened he just doesn't know so the question do you think at in your lifetime you will ever see a stable afghanistan doesn't matter who owns it doesn't matter if it's like under whatever a taliban rule becomes some sort of stable afghanistan where maybe one day you're like i gotta go vacation in afghanistan because they got some dope falafel or something i don't know what they what their cuisine is i'm gonna look up afghan food and you can uh answer that probably very good um i'm gonna say i mean right all the time on the internet you see you see articles about afghanistan in the 1970s right and it looks super progressive. It's women with long hair, women at university, people walking around looking looking as everyone else did in the 70s. And then sort of this this jihadist rule or Sharia law, I should say, of the Taliban sort of came in at some point at between the 70s and now. I don't want to pretend like I understand the history over there because I don't. So in my opinion, I don't think so. I think if we do, it's when we're very old. I think that that economy needs to naturally collapse in a way um, that allows for you to move in when when that region is ready to support what that might look like. And that's the problem is that I think people have different ideals. And obviously, they don't not everyone wants the Taliban, but there's probably plenty of people who support the Taliban who are there. So what do you do? And don't just put your Western ideals on on how this should be run. It's kind of up for the people of the whatever country is there to decide that. That's not up for me and you and our Western ideals of, hey, if you just do this, everything's great. Not everyone over there wants to live that way. So, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that I don't think it will happen in our lifetime. If it does, we'll be very old. Got it. Yeah. So uh, Afghan food is uh, similar to Pakistani food. There Probably go. very good. I'm uh, pretty stupid geographically. Like... Um, it's very close. <laughs> it's uh, I didn't realize it. Yeah, it's between uh, Pakistan and Iran. So there you go. That explains it. But yeah, it looks like they're um, they got some interesting looking cuisine over here. Not gonna lie. I hope I hope I hope they. Uh, I don't want ill will for anybody. Hope we could all just get along, man. That's the dream, right? Yeah, but I don't think it will happen. We're we're more divided in the world as we've ever been. The coronavirus is going to do a number on a lot of stuff that we haven't seen yet. So yeah, that's true. Because in all this stuff, it's like there's still coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. You're thinking about that and being like, "Is the coronavirus still over there?" And it's like, yeah, just obviously you've got more important things to worry about than than catching this coronavirus when you know you're terrified for your life. Yeah, when when everybody's going around with like shooting AK-47s in the air. Yeah, yeah, something that's a little bit more concerned than whether or not you're going to catch a, a cough. I say that flippantly, but that's that's how I would see it if I was over there and there was, you know, AK-47s and bombs and you got to worry about, you know, am I wearing the right clothing today? Yes, it's spooky. Spooky stuff. Anyway. Shall I move on? Yes. You're the host. Please do. You're the oh, host. I do, do, do I need to have a Paul Giamatti game for today? That's what I was wondering, you know? Oh. Well, I can I got, find one real quick. I had one. I had one in the bag. Go for it. I'll let you do one. All right. Here we go. This one's a weird one. Not an actor, but he did celebrate a birthday this week. Who is older? The creator of Metal Gear Solid 
Hideo Kojima or Paul Giamatti? Kojima's older, and I'm going to say Kojima's 56. Wow. He is 58. Happy birthday, okay. Hideo Kojima. He turned 58 uh, three days ago. If you don't follow Hideo Kojima on your social media of choice, be it Instagram or Twitter, you're missing out. That guy is a treasure. It's uh, it's really something else. He he posts because he posts about everything. He posts about movies. He posts about games. The guy is just a fan of the arts, yeah. and he is and and you feel his passion through everything he posts about, and it's just delightful. It's delightful. It's a lovely well, guy. Good. But fifty-eight. Yeah. He doesn't look fifty-eight. I'll tell you that right now. He looks good. I I I went older because he looks like he should be less. He looks like he should be in his forties. But I just went over knowing. All right, this guy's been around for a while. And Paul Giamatti, I mean, man, that, that, that <laughs> Kojima's older than you, and you look like you could be in your 60s. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. I thought that was a good one. Ooh, yeah. and I just found another good one for uh, for next time. Add this to the list. Find uh, basically just... How's, how's Death Stranding going to hold up in the, in, the history of, in the history of video games? Uh, well, I'm going to say well. I think so. Uh, okay. I... That game surprised me more than any game has. No, not more than any game has, but definitely more. I thought I was going to hate that game. I loved it. The world is so cool and unique and interesting. It's got the Kojima charm, but it's still like his weirdness while still being a good game to play. It's it's really innovative in a, in a lot of ways that you wouldn't expect. Um, it's not a game that focuses on combat. And it it's it's a game that is emphasizing connection of people in a way that doesn't beat you over the head with it. It's not a multiplayer game per se, but there's other people that can help build your world out. And the the story is really interesting. It's super campy, but I thought it was great. And the fact that you still have this you have this star studded cast of characters. And Mads Mikkelsen and Norman Reedus and uh, what's her name? They are all awesome. Like I could totally see that becoming just like they're making Metal Gear Solid a movie starring Oscar Isaac, which I can't wait for. It's going to be great. Um, I could totally see Death Stranding being some sort of getting some sort of uh, adaptation, live action adaptation. And it will be awesome. Hmm. The concept is just so cool. Like Hideo Kojima has the has just so many fascinating ideas and the way he tells his stories in games, which is this hybrid of, you know, intricate game systems that really drill into the nuance and the way he tells these stories with like these extended cutscenes that just completely pull you into the, into this world building and story that he's telling and making unique characters it's nobody else does it. Nobody else in the industry does it the way he does. Like I, I remember little things in Metal Gear Solid Two where you could like shoot the radios, and then that actually impacts how they react to you in various places. Like Metal Gear Solid Two still looks great today, and that game came out in two thousand one. Came out in two thousand one. Guy's visionary. He's great. He, he's he is a yeah, and he's always it's interesting because I always think of him as one of the people that adopted um, 
like motion capture and video games and sort of, you know, um, photogrammetry and scanning of faces and things better than anyone else did, like sooner than anyone else did as well. Right. Like trying to get the most realistic looking characters and stuff in his games. I always that's what I think of before anything else, personally, of that. Yeah. Those games just always looked like, OK, like that's actually like you're trying to make this look real. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. You've got some gaps and things because of technology. But if if you had all the technology in the world, you would make this stuff look as awesome and as real as you possibly could, which is cool to see. Yeah. Which he did. I mean, you look at, uh, he made an engine for Konami and they just didn't use it. <laughs> he made an engine for, uh, for Metal Gear Solid 5 and it was incredible. Metal Gear Solid 5 is a phenomenal game. And then you have, and like the way they started each mission, it played out like the start of a movie with these credits. You could tell he was definitely feeling himself a bit because everyone, every literally every mission said, Hideo Kojima before you start it's like okay we get it it's your game we got we know um but the way it, it just takes its time and lets you sit with these characters it's so cool it, like it you can't it's it's hard to explain why it's so good and why it works even Death Stranding is so impressive because it's only like eight characters in the whole game but they're all awesome and they're so weird. Like the the actual premises behind them. It's like every single character has this gimmick, like like Hartman, who basically has a heart attack every like every 10 minutes. So when you're talking to him in a cutscene, you actually see this clock that starts on screen. And he lives in this house that has all this um like all this inflatable stuff so that when he when he inevitably dies in 10 minutes, he just passes out and doesn't bang his head on something. Like these are the kind of weird ideas that he has, but somehow in the worlds he builds, they just work. And yeah. I, yeah, I think with the director's yeah. cut coming out, I hope more people give it a chance because it's as a you've game been, as that you've been talking going through his Twitter. Yeah. This guy just loves art, which is fun to see. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really amazing. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. So we could, uh, but enough, we'll, we'll talk about some more games later. You wanted to talk about, well, first, I need to talk about, we got to talk about Ted Lasso because we've both seen sure. it. We're, we're both caught up. And I said I have strong episodes on this episode, on the strong feelings on this episode. Yes. Uh, this, this is by far the best episode of the season. And I think this season is finally going somewhere because it, it was definitely a little rudderless, I'll say. Like uh, the last few, uh, the, the start of this one, you don't really have a driving force like you did no. in the first season. And like the assumption well, a was that of different threads in this season versus because the characters are more right. They're trying to build the yeah. characters out of the in the Ted Lasso universe, which is crazy to say, yeah. into being more than just kind of Ted's a really likable guy. And he, he's kind of he's meeting these people along. These people have been around for a while. Right. So that's what's interesting. And, yeah, I agree with you. This is, I think, by far the best. Yeah. Um, the best episode because it kind of brings everything back to kind of what it was before in a way with still including the other characters enough. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. So I think the, the first season was so good because you had, because Ted Lasso was the driving force of it and trying to get everybody around him who basically wasn't, you know, wasn't a fan trying to get them on his side. And you, that's where it was all going. Like that was the main driving conflict of it. And yeah, you had other things in between, just like any sort of show where like little things with his divorce and that kind of stuff. But this one, everybody already starts on his side. 
So there wasn't, it's hard to tell where you're going or why you're going there. And you get like little glimpses of the things that are happening, but now you finally get to the point. So, so the season has finally exposed what it wants to do. It took six episodes or five episodes to get there, but I'm happy we're here. And I love this show. The show's great. It's really, really, really great. And so this, so this what, what, what was just, the thing that you wanted to talk about? With a spoiler alert, if you're watching this, you can skip ahead like five minutes. No, I didn't want to talk about any spoilers. I just okay. wanted to say that. Where like I this this episode was like basically put everything else that came before it in this season to shame. Like I I the juxtaposition of this episode to everything else was so jarring. I was expecting, oh, there's gonna be another romp because this season's like whatever. And it's just more of these characters I love. And now it's tur- it's again turning into good TV. I hope. I hope. That's what I hope. But this yeah. gave me a glimpse of that. It, so I cannot wait. I cannot wait till and, next week. And the thing is, there's only going to be three seasons of this. They've said that from the beginning. I'm happy about that. It's good. So there's only three. So the story is written. It's done. The idea of what this is in totality, I believe, is just completed. It's just you're going to get three seasons of it, and then that's it. And they're going to move on. Maybe I'll have a movie. I don't know if I want a Ted Lasso movie. I think It'd be TV like the Entourage just, movie. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did uh, one of my favorite scenes that they put in here. I'm glad they brought back the uh, like the bar hooligans watching uh, watching the British Bake Off. <laughs> yes, that was good. That was very funny. That was that was quite good. So yeah, big fan of Ted Lasso. Still loving it. I'm just gonna gush about this thing every week uh, until I until I stop. There you cool. Go. Uh, so you want to talk about Coda? There's three things that I've been watching. Two of them that you're gonna—I mean, you might hate all three of them, but I'm gonna talk about Coda first. Have you heard of Coda? Do you know what this is? So Coda, Look it up. I believe the actual term for what Coda is is child of deaf of deaf adults. Oh, right. So Coda's around the story of this girl, this young girl who is the only hearing person in a in a deaf family right so she's got an older brother and two parents who are all deaf and she's the one who's not deaf right so it kind of goes around what that life would be like where you basically become the ears for your family um because your family's all deaf and you know from the beginning she is the one that sort of her her brother and her dad are fishermen um, and so she's the one that's kind of having the discussions and talking to the radio and doing all this stuff. And it comes a point in her life where she wants to be a singer. And so that's the premise of the movie of trying to get her her family who can't hear to understand why she wants to do something that they have no connection and understanding of. So this is a dramedy. It is. It's a feel-good movie, I would say. There's lots yeah. of funny parts in it. I really enjoyed it. All of the actors who are deaf are actually deaf, which is oh. good to know that it's actually giving people with disabilities positions in films. This movie is going to win some awards. It seems like my alley. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's not overly violent. It's a feel-good story by the end of it. Not It'll overly violent? I wouldn't expect it to be violent at all. Well, I mean, I, I know you. You don't like you don't like gory violence, and it doesn't exist in this movie, so you're safe. It's PG-13. I'm all. I'm all in. Yeah, there's some um, language in there. There's some language in some in some situations it. that happen. This movie is very, very good. It's probably one of the best movies I've seen all year from a from like an award winning standpoint. Oh, it's on Apple TV. Yeah, I think this will win. This is going to okay. win a couple of Oscars. Yeah, check it out. So Coda's good. Now the other two things that I'm watching. <laughs> Go for it. 
aren't as good. So we started watching this show called Clickbait yesterday. Oh no, I don't like this. This I don't like. Okay, and this is a this is a Netflix series. Mm. It's got it's funny because you said Entourage. It's got the dude in Entourage that nobody knows. <laughs> the the main funny. dude, Adrian a- Adrian Grenier. Whatever his name, is. I knew him. You just go How like dare you? you're just he like, oh yeah, that's the dude from Entourage. <laughs> but he's what else has he been in? Well, he was in a fake Aquaman movie. It's directed by James Cameron. <laughs> That was so part exactly, of the he has a, he's not in anything. So, anyways, oh my god, this 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 TV series has one of the most annoying characters I've ever I've ever watched in my life. I'm at the point where I'm hate watching this now because the the girl that plays his sister, I think her name is Zoe Kazan, is so annoying that okay. you root for everyone in this thing to die. <laughs> to die? What is the show? What is the it's show? Awful. This show is awful. I don't want to explain it at all. But if you got some time this weekend, and specifically if you're in New Zealand, you've got some time this weekend, watch the first episode of this and let me know if it made you as mad as, <laughs> as it made me. I'm not I'm not going to watch this. So you're not going to watch this, no. But um, I think I'm going to finish it because I tend to finish everything. And I think I'm going to hate watch it. So it is what it is. Okay. Um, it's really corny. Basically, the story is there's there, her brother gets – he's on some – some video channel that's holding up a sign that's like I abuse women and when this video gets five million five million views, I'm gonna be killed. And that's how it starts. Interesting. It's not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> gonna put yeah, it out it seems there. like seems, good, pretty device, gonna... pretty, seems divisive on uh on uh Rotten Tomatoes. But I'm gonna finish percent. But ninety percent of people it. like it. Yeah. Yeah, because people are corny. Okay. The last thing I've been watching, and this is a shout out to Arlen. Oh, no. Married at First Sight season thirteen. Uh. That's all I'm going to say. I'm watching it. We'll have Arlen back on to chat about it. Okay. Um, I did start playing Chris Tales. I got maybe thirty minutes in. Seems cool. Just didn't get much farther. We'll play it more this weekend. About, about as far as I am. Uh, I watched Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Was it just Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds? At times, <laughs> I loved. I loved this movie. Of course, you did. It seems like it's fun. Uh, it's really, really fun. Surprising amount of heart. Um, didn't really know anything going into it other than the premise. That's it. About 30 minutes into this movie, I had the thought. I was like, "Would how much pre-existing knowledge of video games do you need to watch this movie? And More I, or less than, than Ready, Ready Player One. <laughs> Which was like a pop culture fest. Yeah, I don't think you a... need the knowledge to watch Ready Player One because it's not tied to the plot. They explain everything that's relevant to the plot. So, for example, at the start of the, like, they never actually say at the beginning. Well, I, I'll just tell you the exchange I had with Brittany because I said, uh, she says, I don't think I know the plot because I was like, I don't know if you would get it until they explain things. Like, you'd be annoyed the first 30 minutes. So she said, what's the plot? I said, Ryan Reynolds is an NPC in a game, in a game that develops free, that developed free will, meaning he develops free will. Uh, that's pretty much it. Hijinks ensue. Uh, and then she said, what is an NPC? Which is exactly my thought, which is they don't say what that is. So you have this guy who's in the game, who's doing the same thing over and over and over again, which if you understand games, it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That's just part of what games do. But if you're not... Like I was like, would my mom get this? Not not if you know what not if you don't know what NPC means. 
Yeah, like, I but think they that's explained important. it like 30 minutes into the movie. They explained, oh, yeah, this is what he does. He does this, 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 this. And you're like, oh, OK, like because they have to explain it to him at some point to like why he does what he does, and what everybody else does, you know, like that's that's part of the plot. But I figure like if you're if you're in on it and you understand it from the jump, it makes more sense. But otherwise, you'd be frustrated at the beginning. Like, why is he like this? You know, you'd be one of those people. Mm-hmm. But I think you would like it. I really liked it. Um, there's some interesting stuff at the end that I think you'll that'll make you hate it. <laughs> but if you get over that, then you'll really like it. Okay. Yeah, that I think I can uh, they ca- they cashed in on. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that there's some pop culture references that I don't think they would have. That I don't know if they were there before the Disney acquisition of Fox. Let's put it that way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's a couple, there's, there's like a string of things where I was like, that's funny. That's cute. Don't know how long that, don't know if that was always there or why that's there. But um, yeah, there's some, there's some fun cameos in the, in the movie as well that I didn't see coming. And it it was just good. And I was surprisingly like, uh, it was surprisingly heartfelt as well. Tyke is good as always. He's not overly used. Um, man, Tyke is in everything. I mean, because he can't be overly used because he doesn't have time to be overly used. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He's like the New shows Zealand. up in your movie for ten minutes, and he's like, "All right, I'm gone. I got to go do the next thing." He's like the New Zealand equivalent of Jimon uh, Hansu. Yeah, he just shows up for five minutes and then he's out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. It's just it's just a good romp, you know. Also watch the latest What If. Don't know if you ever saw if you watched any I of did. those yet. I, I don't know what the latest one is, but I watched the two. Yeah, the third one is the latest one. Okay. Where they, it's okay. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's okay. It's not. The art is cool, but it's fine. I, I could not watch it and live. <laughs> yeah, they're mindless. They're wildly irrelevant. They're, wire, they're, they're not relevant. Uh, not necessary. I mean, the one the thing that hit me during the last episode was that I'm upset that Jeffrey Wright is the voice of the watcher because that means Jeffrey Wright is not going to be in any movies or TV you sure shows. About that? I mean they might get him in but usually it's I don't know if he's the voice unless the watcher just starts shows up he's like I'm done watching and I'm going to start doing stuff. Um because Jeffrey Wright's awesome and he should be in more things. Yeah, but again, I I wouldn't say that. I think you'd be fine. Okay, cool. I hope I'm wrong. All right. uh, And then game-wise, finished Greedfall. Did I mention that? No, you mentioned you were playing it, but you didn't mention that. Yeah, finally finished that. It's good. Had fun. Recommend it if uh, if you're in the mood for some Euro jank, as they call it. Um, Very cool world building. non-subtle uh themes of you know uh colonialism and uh some dope tri-corner hats um i've never in a in an rpg i don't remember the last time i've sacrificed more um stats or benefits to gameplay for the sake of not looking like a clown than in this game like there's just so many outfits it's like yeah you're gonna look you're gonna this is gonna give you like about 50 percent better stats and I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to look like that. I'm just going to look stupid. So that's, it was an interesting thing. Needs transmog. Other than that, really good. Really good game. 
finished Axiom Verge 2. That was one that was a lot shorter than I expected, actually. And it was a game that I liked. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but there is something that happens about 75% of the way through, which made the game very cool for the final stretch. And that was very interesting to see. Also, really got to respect the level design that this guy did because largely made by one guy. It's a Metroidvania game, but there are basically two worlds transposed on top of one another. And the way they connect is pretty cool. And the kind of upgrades you get that make you interact with those two worlds is pretty cool and complicated in a way that I don't think I've seen before and gives you a sense of freedom and makes me think that it's, I don't know what went into the QA of this game, but I think there's a lot of ways you could break it. I didn't, which would just be, which is even more commendable if he was able to pull that off because very cool, very ambitious, very interesting at times. Um, Axiom Verge 2, would I recommend it? Eh, maybe wait till it's on sale. But I highly respect it. All right. It out there. Yeah, cool. And the last thing I'll say is, uh, did I, I don't think I mentioned this because I think I started this after we recorded Dodgeball Academia. You've talked about this before. Never mind. Then I'm not going to talk about it again. I'll talked about this back. last week. Fair enough. I don't remember. Because I asked if was it like regular dodgeball and you said no. Oh, right, right, right. But you're it's right, still right. fun. You said you were right. playing it. How, how Are you further along? I'm further along, yeah. Uh, I'm in chapter seven of eight. I need a, I'm trying to finish it. I'm going to make a run to finish it tomorrow so that I could start Psychonauts 2 because I'm very excited to play that. All right. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, oh, yeah. I guess the only other thing I started playing was Dreamscapers. Uh, which is if you're looking for something to scratch that Hades itch. Um, Play more Hades. <laughs> it's not as good as Hades, but it's really good. And it's very mm. cool. The style is very interesting. I think the biggest issue I have with this game that Hades didn't suffer from is the um, is there's a little bit more loading times and the the combat's a bit more methodical and not as snappy and quick as Hades. Like what it does, it does well, but it doesn't, it's just different. But it has that same permanent upgrade loop and storytelling mechanism that Hades does. Um, it's, but it's a lot more somber. Uh, you just need to look at a screenshot and you'll be like, oh, that's the tone. And it nails it. So really good. I'm playing it on Switch. Um, performs performs admirably on there. Uh, yeah, it's a good game. Dreamscapers recommend it as well. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. You're the host. Where all right. Go from here. Well, yeah, I think that's it. I think we've done it again. Another successful podcast episode that hopefully gets out as quick as the last one did, which is much appreciated. Does the host have to produce it and uh, throw it up? Absolutely not. Wow. Okay. It's not how that works. You've got the keys to the to the release schedule. Yeah. I just get to tell you when it's late. <laughs> Fair enough. All righty. Well, that's uh, He's Abroad. You can find us, he'sabroad.com, on different social media sites. <laughs> I never listened to the end of this. <laughs> I know that we look at reviews. Rate and review us. I don't know if there's any reviews, but I'm not going to look, which means you won't get a dollar this week. My but if you did far. put something up, it's we'll check far. it later. It's like at least three feet away from me, and yeah. my arms are too short. All right. Well, look, on episode 78, we'll be abroad from uh, New Zealand this time instead of local. 
So yeah, I'll enjoy the rest of my lockdown and uh, see you next week. This podcast is done.